Hi, this is Erica Monique, and I am the host and creator of Natural Soul Conversations, the platform for people that are black persuasion, that are melanated, however you want to call it. You know, right now we call ourselves black, African-Americans, Afro-Americans, a black first, whatever. If you look like us, this is the place for us, all right? We're going to talk about everything from pop culture to politics, science, finance, health, education, and you know we're going to talk about sticky relationships. Whatever it is, we're going to talk about it, and we're going to do it as a family. And you know, just like with our families, we might argue, we might not disagree, but we're going to do it as a family. We're going to keep it cute, and we're going to respect each other. So sit back, relax, and Let's have that conversation. Welcome back to another awesome episode of Natural Soul Conversations. I'm your host, Erica Monique. And today I am speaking with, I know every week it seems like I'm speaking to an old (laughs) good friend, but it's true. This is someone that we grew up in the same neighborhood, went to the same schools, You know yep. what? I, I, it's if it, it's funny because I think we reconnected a couple of years ago, and we yeah. talked. Yeah, we talked. You know, really, really good for a little while, and then I kind of got my life kind of got in the way and trying to get things. Um, I was actually preparing for this podcast. I was trying to. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, before we get all into that, let me introduce you to Sue Watson. Uh, uh how do you say your last name? Cut. Cut. It's Carnivali. Carnivali. See, uh-huh. I, I didn't want to make a mistake, so thank you That's for saying fine. that. <laughs> Sue Watson Carnivali. All right. Yeah, and like I said, thank she's... Thank you for having me. Yes, ma'am. Old, old, dear friend. So before we get into the crux of our conversation, um, just give us a little bit, if if you would, about your background, whatever you want to add, um, you know, education, professional life, whatever okay. you want to add. Hmm. Okay. Well, um, I'll first start off by saying that I'm an artist. I would normally probably first start off by saying that I'm a mom, which I am. I'm I'm a wife and a mother, but I'm an artist and um, and a homeschooler. Sue, stop. Sue, wait a minute. I didn't know. Did you tell me when we we reconnected a couple of years ago, did you tell me that you're an artist? I don't remember that. Yes. Uh, probably at the time, I don't know, my mind was probably different. I am doing some writing, but I do love to paint on the side. What? And I've done other sorts of um, hobbies and crafts in and around the home. So, yeah, but um, right now I'm, I'm into painting. Um, I've been um, expressing myself through art for a long time. What? And I had gotten into crocheting and knitting, but um, that sort of tapered away, and now my focus is just mostly painting and drawing and things of that sort. Okay, so remind me to get with you later on that because I, I okay. absolutely, um, I don't know why that escaped my mind. Okay, so you are an artist, but you say you mm-hmm. are first and foremost a mother, a wife, and you are mm-hmm. uh, a sco- a homeschool, a homeschool, homeschooler. Uh, yeah, homeschooler. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. And, um, what, um, I guess it's because of the pandemic that you mm-hmm. are homeschooling? Um, no, okay. uh, I have two children, both have, um, challenges with, uh, learning mm. and I, throughout my experience, it has always been that, um, schools aren't always sensitive to the needs of children with special needs. Yes. And I can say that based on personal experience alone, that the accommodations aren't always 
supportive. Yes. So, um, you know, you seek support in those types of environments. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes it's helpful. And sometimes you have to you have to struggle to get that kind of help, mm. even if you have the proof. So um, that's the that's the experience that I've had yeah. with the public school system. Mm. Um, I wish I had um, homeschooled sooner, but I didn't know if I had the credentials or the capability, mm-hmm. um, or, or, or I didn't even know the process of all the involvement that was necessary in order to make that happen. Mm. And I guess you might say it's because I like the courage. But when I finally stood on my feet and asked around, and uh, it wasn't until we made this big move um, from um, Texas back to Massachusetts, mm-hmm. that's when I decided this would be the time to discover what I am capable of. Oh, wow. And I did. And I wish, like I said, I wish I had done it sooner. But you know what, though? I, You know, I want to add this. And I, I, mm-hmm. I, hear, I hear you. You know, we, we look back and we say, man, you know, especially when we have... Um, we've overcome a challenge or we reached a certain pinnacle or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in our lives. And we look back and we go, Oh man, I wish I, I would have done that sooner because I would have, you know, either been so further along or, have, mm-hmm. you know, but well, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it's, it's not necessarily the best option. It really, you have to know yourself. You have mm-hmm. to know what kind of patience you have, what kind of, um, what kind of, um, you have to know yourself and you have to know what kind of motivation you have. I say that because, if you don't have patience, if you don't feel like, you know, I'm not saying I'm not saying doubt yourself, but what I'm saying is, if you don't, if you know your character, you know what you're capable of. Mm-hmm. But if you if you just feel like, hmm, that's just, I'm just, I just, I just don't see myself doing that. Then you're only being honest with yourself. So it's probably better to leave it in the hands of people who are more experienced. Mm-hmm. But I've come to find out that just because someone has more experience doesn't necessarily mean that they are more. Um, palpable. I, I hope mm-hmm. that's the proper term for it, mm-hmm. for that type of responsibility, because no one's going to, um, no one's going to, I guess, uh, value your your child the way you value your child. Nobody's Absolutely. going to really a- a- involve themselves into your child's life the way you would. And I'm not saying you should expect that, but what I am saying is they see, you know, probably 30, 40, 50 kids a day. Your child is just another child in the classroom setting, mm-hmm. that, you know, so they don't have to know your child's character, your child's behavior, your child's moods. They just have to teach. That's the, all, that's the only thing they're responsible for. Whereas a parent, you're more in tune to your child's behavior, mm-hmm. more in tune to your child's personality, all those sorts of things. And that was always that I come to find is like this lack of communication sometimes between parents and the school, like it's not open enough. And mm-hmm. sometimes I tend to find that schools want to dig, dig, dig more. They want more explanation as to why your child needs all of these accommodations, but they, there's lacking communication on their behalf and what sort of struggles your child, everything you find out, you have to find out on a sheet of paper. Mm. And I just feel like that's, that's, um, it's kind of, um, I don't know. It's it's just not supportive information. Right. And if there's an issue, you know, it's, it's you wish that most of that information uh, could be um, could be uh, you know communicated better. I once had a teacher uh, contact me and to tell me that my son had did something very profane in art class. Mm. Come to find out that he drew a picture of um of a video game character i can't think of the character right now mm-hmm. and but she wouldn't convey that message readily and mm-hmm. she didn't make it 
obviously I thought he did something far worse. My imagination was getting carried away. <laughs> but when I found out what it was, I said, oh, I see what he did. And then I explained to her how a teacher from a previous school drew the exact same image for him, gave mm-hmm. him that image. And I, because I knew the history behind the video game character, I told my son to return it back to the teacher. Mm-hmm. So that was the only reason why. So he didn't see anything wrong with it. So I'm thinking if the teacher did this from another school, and then, then you know, a year or so later, another teacher tells you this character is profane, then that should t- that should speak volumes within itself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I was I was I was going to say when you mentioned. Um, you know, having to, you wish I had done something sooner. I was going to say that, you know, mm-hmm. s- sometimes it's all about uh, preparation and it's all mm-hmm. about, you know, God's timing, you know? And right, so, that's true. Yeah, and so, you know, and you said, you know, now, like, you have, it's knowing yourself, right? Um, mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and it's also that trust factor, you know, and so maybe at that time was not the right time for you to do maybe. it maybe you know maybe and so i always so much yeah 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 because i you know i i've learned to look at it that way i mean yeah there are times when it's absolutely a, a missed opportunity or whatever but you know sometimes with something like this and this is something because you are molding and shaping a young mind you know what i mean mm-hmm. and so that's some, right mm-hmm, and so sometimes it's about you being in preparation or getting prepared so that you can do a thing, you know? Right. So that's this, true. that's yeah. true. Yeah. So this might've been just we, that time. Yes. Right. Well, I mean, I, even with all that I have been through, I, I'm still into the reality, which what I'm trying to say is um, I still understand that no person is an island. Mm-hmm. We all still need support. We all still need someone uh, to get advice from, to get mentorship from. Yes. So it's nothing wrong with with reaching out to people, but you still have to be very, you know, selective mm. about understanding who's really on your side. Mm. And um, like I said, I had to find out the hard way because uh, I didn't get the support. <sighs> Excuse me, sorry. <laughs> it's I didn't okay. Get the support that I needed uh, when I needed it the most, uh, particularly with um with people that I thought I could really lean on mm-hmm. as far as support was needed. Um, surprisingly from family, you know, mm. and uh, some of the challenges that, you know, my children were confronted with even then. So um, it's still the same struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, but the good thing is I, 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 I do thank God that I'm not too proud and mm. that I'm not too boastful to know when to ask for help. Mm-hmm. I've never been that type of person, mm-hmm. never been that, that type of person. So I thank God for that, knowing when you do need help. But every now and again, God will show you, you know, if you put your trust in him, you can't go wrong because then he'll show you which doors to open and which ones to, to avoid. Mm-hmm. So um, sometimes uh, it's not that I found myself too trusting. It's that many times I found myself thinking, okay, these are people with expertise. They're supposed to have knowledge or they're supposed to be aware or they're supposed to know what to do. Mm-hmm. How come I'm not getting that support? How mm-hmm. come I'm not, you know, getting that? So that's when you start to lean on the Lord because mm-hmm. then, um, what, you know, where you, where you most expect it is where you least, you know, where, where you get it mm-hmm. uh, from the least. So 
yeah, that's when you need to really lean on the Lord and ask Him to help you and guide you and give you the courage to confront some of those issues. Mm -hmm. Because I'm not a very, I've never been a confrontational person. That's not who I am. I like to be able to uh, work cohesively, you know, with people and, you know, and and seek advice and seek counsel. But for some reason, it just, uh, I don't know, I just, some things you have to find out the hard way, maybe to to just boost your strength up, mm-hmm. you know, because you, you know, as, you know, as, since we are adults now, um, I seldom call my mom and dad for any kind of mm-hmm. advice, you know, you know. So a lot of these things you have to confront on your own. Right. Yeah. Well, it's it's I'm great that you you gave us that because, you know, when I'm I'm while I'm listening to you talk, I'm hearing mm-hmm. your faith, you know, and Thanks. now it it it's beginning to make sense of the reason why we're even having this particular conversation is because I recently uh, released an episode with a, a musician and entrepreneur. And I think mm-hmm. he spoke something about it, he, it, that it wasn't all about faith. I can't remember exactly what it was, but you actually right. responded and you said, um, you know, maybe he made the comment you know, I guess for the cohesiveness of the discussion, right. but it was, mm-hmm. you know, it's all about faith. And I was like, oh, wait a minute, let's talk about it. So right. if you can remember, you know, what exactly. Yeah, I can remember very yeah. vivid, vividly because I get his ethics and, and, and don't get me wrong. He has a very good ethical back backbone as far as his worth ethics mm-hmm. work hard. Yes. Anything you visualize or you want to achieve yes that's the ultimate recipe to achieving that goal Mm -hmm. yeah think about the other thousands of people who have been told that exact same thing work hard and they work hard every day and for some reason the the work hard effort that they put into it all doesn't amount to a hill of beans Mm. why is that why is it it works so well for someone else Mm -hmm. but for some other people it's it's like I'm still in a rat race. I'm mm-hmm. still in a rat race. Well, will I ever get out of the rat race? It's because it it could be, and it, it doesn't mean that their drive is no less important or any less ambitious. Mm-hmm. It's just that the, you know it could be several factors. Maybe they're not surrounded by supportive people. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't have the proper motivation. It could be any number of things. But I, that means you have to literally walk into the shoes of each and every one of those individuals because everybody has their own little personal struggles and and and, and woes. Mm-hmm. But the the work hard is it's just one thing. The, the what really got to me was that faith is the reason why you wake up in the morning. Mm. And some people probably don't see. Um, some of those things begin to manifest. Some of those seeds that they had planted many, many years back, ten years, twenty years, uh, depending on their struggle, uh, until their late, much you know, later years in life, they won't mm-hmm. see those um, fruits uh, come forward. Uh, it's kind of like it's kind of like an investment. Some people, the riskier the investment, you know, the higher the profit or the profit. And faith, in some respects, kind of works this way, except. Um, it really depends on the type of faith you have. Now, there's a scripture that says faith without works is dead. I just pulled it and up. And you can have the works. <laughs> yeah, you can mm-hmm. have that faith, but uh, unless you are, unless you visualize what it is that you're trying to accomplish, if you don't, you know, if you don't, um, you got to have something to look forward to when you wake mm. up in the morning and you're going to your job or 
you're working hard. Some people say, well, I do this for my children. I do this for, you know, my parents. So I'm doing this because, yeah, you, you have those are the reasons, but that's not that's not what gets you up in the morning. Mm-hmm. And um, faith is that drive. It's what keeps you going. It's what keeps you believing in that dream or that goal or whatever it is you're trying to achieve. So, yeah, you need faith in mm-hmm. order to achieve it. Yeah, because without it, then you're just doing it. You're just going through the motion. Mm-hmm. You're just waking up and you're you're doing like every putting your pants on one leg at a time or your dress and skirt or whatever, brushing your teeth, combing your hair, grooming yourself. You're just going through the motion. Mm-hmm. There's something that drives you to do what you do. Mm. There's something that gives you a, a reason. And so add on to that purpose. And that, to me, is what faith is. Faith is that purpose. Mm. And even throughout this pandemic, I was telling a friend, I had always felt like my life had been going through a a preparation pandemic process. But, um, you know, uh, you got to hold on to that hope as well, Mm -hmm. because um, um, hope is what helps us persevere. Faith is just what helps us keep our eyes focused on that dream or whatever it is we're trying to focus on. I, I'm I'm not going to stop believing in my dreams and my goals. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I can do even, even the little things that I'm doing now, each of those little steps has a purpose. Mm-hmm. And I may not see it today, but that's where the faith part comes in. The faith part doesn't allow you to see how the little steps you're taking is, you know, working forward. Now you can do, you can add on to it, but that's just it. That's how faith works. There's nothing you can do, but that's where the other part of that, that's where God comes in. Mm. God then starts activating all of those other areas in your life to help you fulfill that dream or that that um, that goal that you have in mind. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm reminded mm-hmm. of, um, so like I said, I, I uh, before we even started the conversation, I said, okay, so I pulled up a list of, of scriptures that have to do with faith because, you know, we can, we can recite a couple if you're not, like, I don't, I, I will say this. I have read the Bible completely a couple of times. Mm-hmm. However, the, 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 the Bible to me is, is a living it's it's a, it's the living word of God, so that means there's always a revelation in it. So you will mm-hmm. you won't ever know everything that's in there, right? That's or true. Be, You'll never know. You are forever learning. Exactly. You, you, yeah. You yeah, can't. You're forever you, you, learning. Yeah. Exactly. So I needed a refresher. So um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I pulled up you know uh, some scriptures, and one uh, mm-hmm. that really jumped out at me as you're talking is. Hebrews 11, 1, which says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And that's what you're talking mm-hmm. about. You know, that, that purpose, exactly. you know, and you, you, it hasn't come to pass yet, but you have faith that it right. will. So you continue to get up every day working towards exactly. that purpose. Exactly. Now that's the physical side of it. The spiritual part of it mm-hmm. is understanding that not you nothing you do in the physical could ever please God. Mm. That's that's the spiritual part of it. Mm-hmm. Nothing you do physically in this flesh. See God is God is impressed by our, our belief in him, mm-hmm. our relationship with him. And that's where faith comes in 
it's not so much what you do physically mm-hmm. getting up in it that, you know, you brush your teeth because you want your breath to smell good. Mm-hmm. Um, you comb your hair because you want to look good. You groom yourself, you get yourself ready for your day. You drive in your car, you go to wherever your, mo- your destination is set for that you do for yourself. But understanding the intent and what drives you to do that and what is behind that drive, you know, mm. is it just for your, your, your desire or is it because you're trying to fulfill some sort of purpose that God has placed in your heart? So it's understanding and it's what you do and pleasing God. Mm. You know, it, 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 can you say that what you're doing is pleasing God or is it pleasing yourself? Mm. See, that's where faith also comes in. Okay. So it's not, it's not just, I do it because, um, well, when I wake up in the morning, I'm waking up in the morning knowing that, yeah, I know it pleases uh, God to know that I'm trying my best to be a good steward mm-hmm. over my home, over my relationship with my spouse, over my uh, relationship with my children. I, I have a responsibility, and I'm a steward, and my responsibility is to take care of this, to take care of that, to take care of Sue to, you know, be responsible for Sue's well-being and Sue's welfare. So I'm a steward. That's a great responsibility. Mm-hmm. That is a honored privilege. And that's not one to be taken for granted. Mm. So because of that, I I am appreciative to God. I let God know that I I appreciate him. So I get up and before I even start my day, the first thing I got to do is I got to get on my knees and pray and let God, you know, I, the first, if he's going to hear anything from me other than please heal, please protect, <laughs> he's going to hear me say thank you. Because mm. I want to let him know I'm grateful and um, truly grateful because it's the little things that we take for granted. But the faith part of it is knowing that there is a God because, excuse me, because we're faced with so many um, obstacles, distractions, um, you know, n- news of pandemic, you know, mm-hmm. uh, hatred and whatever else is going on in the world. Um, a lot of exploitation of people's um, livelihoods and whatnot. And so with all that bombardment, it's easily to get distracted, easily to get involved. I've never been a political person. Mm-hmm. So um, so with all the distractions that goes on in the world, it's hard to center in. And I think that's what faith does. It keeps us centered. It keeps us understanding that God is the reason why we're able to do what we do. Mm, mm, absolutely. Yeah. Let me ask you. Um, mm-hmm. So have you, uh, were you, is this something, your faith, um, your spiritual practice, is this something that you adopted um, as an adult or were you trained, you know, when I say trained, raised? No, well, I, this- I will say this. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up and I had always been like curious because um uh, a lot of people don't know this about me. I grew up with a mother that had mental illness. Mm. And uh, so when you uh, uh, when you confront it head on, you know, with that kind of um, challenge in life, um, it, it does uh, an experience like that would want you to get close to God to understand. Is this a spiritual thing? Mm-hmm. You know, it's my mother being spiritually attacked. So for that reason, that's what you might say the motivating factor behind me wanting to know God and then also other personal experience that I've had in life in general. Mm-hmm. And then now that I have children with, you know, learning challenges and, you know, physical challenges and, you know, medical challenges. Um, I have a son, that, as I mentioned before, that has autism mm-hmm. and epilepsy. I have a daughter 
who was believed at one point to have conversion disorder, but I, I doubt that. No, no, I'm only doubting it because it has yet to be proven. So wait, wait, wait. She, they, she was, wait, I'm sorry. I missed that, but she, she was, um, it was said she that was she. Supposedly, she, she's supposedly diagnosed with conversion disorder. What is that? Um, that, well, it's, that's another topic, but I, I'll okay. explain that. Um, her issue is that she doesn't have mobility in the morning. Her body oh. goes weak below the waist, okay, and so she lacks mobility. So because the doctors are not able to find out the reason behind why she's not able to have physical movement in the morning, they labeled it conversion disorder. Oh, okay, okay. I just yeah. had never heard so, of that before. Um, Sorry. Yeah, well, um, that and because, um, yeah, I, I didn't even, I didn't know, you know, what that was, mm-hmm. but it all came all at once. Mm. Um her diagnosis, then my son, uh, when he had his uh, tonic seizure back in 2017, I believe it was, mm-hmm. and then having to rush him to the emergency room, it was like, bam, 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 mm. all these challenges and things were coming at once. Yeah. But that never challenged my faith with God. I didn't, I never asked why, why. I, I kept asking God to heal him, yeah. touch him, yes. you know, deliver him, whatever. So, but I say all of that to say, because you were asking about where does my motivation mm. come from? Mm-hmm. Um I always felt, even in my teenage years, I always felt like someone was there. Like, I always felt like I was being observed. But mm-hmm. most importantly, I, I felt like someone was listening. Mm. And and then um, even before, I can remember reading the Bible because I thought, well, maybe I just need to read the Bible more and understand what God is expecting of me or what I need to do. Because my goal was hoping that they, my mom would be healed. Mm. And then... um. And then, you know, seeing all the struggles that, you know, my parents were going through. And then it wasn't until um, I decided to get married. Then I started seeing support from family come in, you know, to aid my mom with her illness. But mm-hmm. I felt like that was a support too late because here I am. I'm an, an adult now and I'm about ready to leave my home, mm-hmm. you know, to go live a new life. So mm-hmm. um, I say all that to say that even then, um, I remember even then getting on my knees and praying, wanting to have a relationship with God so I could understand him better. Mm-hmm. Because I did feel like what my mother was going through was more or less like a spiritual battle. But that was just my personal experience. Mm-hmm. As I got older, it made me realize, um, as I visited different churches, and I have, I had, I used to belong to Church of God in Christ, and then I went from there to... Baptist, I think, mm-hmm. and then to Jehovah Witness, mm-hmm. back to Church of God in Christ. <laughs> and then from there, I met a Pentecostal church mm-hmm. uh, called First Pentecostal Church in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. And it was introduced to me by my cousin, because um, at the time, I wasn't really an avid churchgoer. I was actually trying to figure out where do I belong. So I, I remember one time taking the time to visit different church with different sort of um, philosophies, like Episcopal. Mm-hmm. Presbyterian, just wanting to find out where do I belong, where do I belong. Mm-hmm. So I would visit different churches, but after a while I said, stop doing that, you know, um, find a church home, one that you're familiar with, and then just go there. And then that's when my cousin introduced me to a Pentecostal church. Mm. And then I found I found a church um, that had a lot of um, traditional values. Um, there's a lot of legalism, and what I mean by that is a lot of protocols with regards to one's attire, 
But what I felt like it should have focused most upon was one's relationship with God. Because people are going to come and go in this life. You're going to meet all sorts of people. And if the stipulation is totally focused upon what you're wearing and not the person's, not the individual's heart and where they, you know, belong in Christ, then, um, you know, I just felt like God would take care of the rest. So, uh, but I've always, even then, even in that type of setting, I always felt like the most important thing I should hold on to was my relationship with God. Mm. So, and that's what I teach my kids now. Um, you're going to go through a great number of things. You're going to be confronted with a great number of challenges. Mommy and daddy may not always be there. Please do understand that you have the capability of calling upon the Lord yourself mm. and asking God for his favor and his you know, divine intervention. Mm-hmm. You don't have to rely on me to do it. You can do this yourself. So mm-hmm. that's, um, that, that had always been my goal. Mm-hmm. So, but, um, yeah. So this is, th- that's why for me, um, it's more about relationship mm. than, than anything. What kind of relationship do I have with God? The type of relationship you have with God is also a depiction of the type of relationship you have with people. Mm-hmm. If you're sometimey with God, you're going to be sometimey with people. <laughs> and that's right. just how I feel. All yeah, right. I mean, I just feel that way. <laughs> wow. Wow. Can, can yeah. I ask, uh, it's a little bit um, off topic, just a tad, um, and you don't have to answer, but um, mm-hmm. is your mother still with you? Uh, my mom, yes, thank okay. God. She's in she's in Temecula, California. She lives with her sister. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, to this, it used to be when I was a teenager. It wasn't it wasn't that I didn't appreciate my mom. I love my mom even then. Mm-hmm. But I have a greater appreciation for her now because when I look back, I can see where my faith came in. Mm-hmm. My mom, who has mental illness, somehow God blessed this woman to raise three kids to maturity. Mm-hmm. You can't say that a lot about adults these days with children growing up in this time and in this environment. Right. But this woman, somehow, God blessed her enough to have enough, you know, coherence to raise three children to maturity, mm-hmm. to reach adulthood. One of them became a doctor, and of course, one moved to Massachusetts to raise two kids her own, <laughs> and one works as a security guard for the University of Texas. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that in and in and of itself is a blessing, and only God could could allow something like that to happen. Yes. So, I am truly grateful. Yes, wow. and I'm grateful for my dad too, because mm-hmm. I can only imagine, you know, being um, an African American man, mm-hmm. you know, married to someone with mental illness, the challenges he had to face, and in some instances alone, mm-hmm. and it was very, you know, heartbreaking to see the struggles that both my parents had to go through. Um, you felt those struggles, particularly mm-hmm. when you're young, impressionable, and you're a teenager. You feel the struggles, and you bring that with you to school, you know, so you avoid certain kinds of, you know, topics of discussion with your friends and, and that sort of thing. But, yeah. You know, so, um, you know, I think back um, when we <clears throat> when we first reconnected a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and you would remind me of occasions where uh, like we would talk or, you know, maybe hang out or whatever. And Mm -hmm. um, honestly, my, my recollection, of course, you know, I don't remember a lot of what happened last week. So that that probably, uh, I probably can't use that as a qualifier, but when I remember, I remember you being very um, 
I remember you being just kind of, I don't want to say standoffish, but you were kind of reserved. That's the way I want to say you. Okay. I remember you being reserved, you know, mm-hmm. I, do, I don't remember you being, you know, um, loud or showy or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And that has mm-hmm. always been my, um, my, my remembrance of you. And so, uh-huh. um, you know, I don't, and now that I hear you tell your story, because Sue, I did not know you know yeah, about your family. a lot family. of people didn't. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's not something that you advertise. No, and especially back then. Wonder, well, I guess because from, you know, being a teenager, from my perspective, it just it seemed like everybody else's life was normal, mm. but yours. Mm. And yeah, people had their struggles, and they might have came from a, a family where, you know, their father wasn't their real father. But mm-hmm. that's not really a, a handicap. That's not really um, uh, something that you could feel embarrassed about mm. when you got a parent with mental illness. And sometimes that mental illness was, um, you know, abrupt and, you know, children, you know, when you're a teenager, you feel like the whole world's watching. So anything mm. that my mom might've done that might've seemed embarrassing did weigh heavy on me. It weighed mm. heavy, but, but what it also did do it for some reason, I find myself to be more compassionate and more sensitive mm. towards people with disabilities mm-hmm. for some reason. Mm-hmm. I can't say for, Everybody, you know, because everybody has their limitation. But for the most part, yes, I I have a special place in my heart for people that have limitations that aren't always ones that you can see. Mm-hmm. And that's my problem because people will look at my children and I see anything wrong. Oh, there's nothing wrong with your kids. They look perfectly fine to me. It's not so much what you see or what you think you understand. And that's the other thing. Sometimes you can have a perception about what you think someone is or how they should function or how they should act and so forth. Um, a lot of things um, can't always be seen with the naked eye, mm-hmm. but then too, um, it's, it's under, once you understand it, then you ask yourself, do I have to explain this to every, you know, to everyone <laughs> I need to everywhere I go? Mm-hmm. Because even in my teenage years, I didn't always say, you know, my mom had mental illness because you didn't want to be looked upon mm-hmm. as someone who might have mental illness themselves, mm-hmm. you know, and then you're, you're, cause you're still trying to understand it. What caused this, what caused my mom to be the way she's, mm-hmm. the way she is, did something happen in her life or, you know, all those kind of questions come up. So you're still trying to understand it yet. You're still going through, you're mm-hmm. actually going through it. So, um, yeah, it wasn't something so easily shared, um, you did wonder if you were going to have a normal life, mm-hmm. um, just various things. But, but uh, with her mental illness aside, she's still a mom. She, mm-hmm. You know, she had, she still carried herself as a mother. And um, I do thank God for her. And like I say, every step of the way, because being a mother is, is challenging. That in and of itself is right. challenging. So yeah. Let mm-hmm. me let me ask you a question, and you don't have to uh-huh. answer this. Um, you kind of you kind of brush past it a little bit. Uh, and again, you don't mm-hmm. have to a- answer, but um, did at any point, did you seriously uh, consider that you, that it may be something that you would struggle with? Yeah. I mean, the, no doubt in my mind, mm-hmm. no doubt in my mind, because even now, like um, I do wonder if I have like some form of dyslexia. And the only reason why I say that is because um, it, even throughout my uh, entire school years, I could see that there was some sort of pullback, some sort of drawback, mm-hmm. which I couldn't understand because where I had one parent with mental illness, 
the other parent had no mental illness of any kind whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And my dad was, um, you know, he was an outstanding student. You know, he was, um, he was class. Um, I think he graduated from his high school, like, um, uh, a valedictorian, a salutatorian. Mm -hmm. So my, my father was an outstanding student. He was an ROTC. He, he, he was going to be a chemistry major. That was his focus for college. But, you know, marriage happened, children happened, so yeah. it put a stop, put it, put a, a seize halt on that. Yeah. I say all that to say that at, growing up, I, I sort of idolized my dad. I was like, oh, my dad is a brilliant man. You know, he knew a lot of things. And I was like, gee, I, I hope I'm that smart. I hope I can meet up to expectations because my dad in school, he was athletic and all of that. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have that drive. I didn't have that ambition. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was dealing with issues with low self-esteem. And mm -hmm. so there were other things that I could see that was holding me back. Plus, I had learning challenges myself. I thought I was a good reader. But mm -hmm. when you put into parallel classes, you know, in your elementary school, that tells a different story. It makes you feel different mm -hmm. because it says, from my perspective, it says that you're stupid. And I didn't see myself as stupid. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I knew I wasn't um, savant, you know, but I knew I, I didn't see myself as lacking. So I just felt like I was being kept back or slowed down. That's how I mm. felt. But I knew it was necessary if I was to be a better reader. Then I take these classes. I didn't complain too much. But I took them thinking that I would never have to be placed in those kinds of environments again. Because I did not want to be seen as the odd student mm -hmm. already living with a mom with mental illness. So if you if you have a parent that has mental illness and then you're put in these sort of classes, it just makes you feel just that much more different than mm -hmm. everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. So so but I got past that. And um uh as I got older, you know, I just focused on the goal. What do you want to do? What do you want to become? These things I knew even then, I knew then that those things don't define you. Mm -hmm. Those things, those experiences don't define you. And then I hear stories how people who, you know, um, my grandfather, I think he he finished, I think he, he went all the way up to like the ninth grade. That was mm -hmm. the most education I think he ever had. Somehow this man who had a ninth grade education, of course, things were far different than they are then, you know, yeah. when I was going to school. But in his time frame, um, somehow he managed to marry and he was focus driven. And so I figured if I'd be focus driven too, maybe I could still make my dreams come true. Mm -hmm. My grandfather got married. He had eight children, Ooh. raised all eight children to maturity. And now he's a grandfather. He had a huge farm, you know, that he inherited from his parents. Mm -hmm. And he's doing well. And I mean, financially, well, I've never known my grandfather to have need of anything. As far as I, he mm -hmm. always had cash on him. But I say all of that to say that, you know, yeah, you want your children to be accomplished and to be well-rounded and to just to be prepared. Yeah. You, you want them to not just survive, you want them to thrive. And that's what I wanted for myself, too. I don't want to just survive. And I do know how important education is because that always had been installing me growing up mm -hmm. but i knew i wanted to do more i wanted to travel i wanted to see things that you know people wouldn't ordinarily see mm -hmm. and i just wanted to find myself going places mm. but now my motivation is a little different yeah um yeah i want to i still want to do new things but it's not as important mm -hmm. as, as it was once then. So, yeah. So what 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 did you want to be when you uh when you think back 
while yeah. growing up, what did you want to be? Okay. Um, well, uh, when I was in high school, I wanted to be, um, even before that, I wanted to make clothes. <laughs> I wanted oh. to design my own clothes. That's I can see I that. That was my, yeah. I oh. wanted to design my clothes and make them and, and, and have somebody, well, actually, I wanted somebody to make them for me, but I wanted to just do the designing, designing. part. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, let me do this sort of platform. Let me create a platform myself. Let me first get into modeling. Maybe that opened doors for me. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll make lots of money. Then I can get, you know, rub elbows with the designers and fashion people mm-hmm. and then, you know, create bigger circles. And next thing you know, I'm making my own clothes and, you know, yeah. traveling abroad to Japan and Paris mm-hmm. and all those places. So that was my motivation. Mm-hmm. I said, get into it, get in, get in that arena, get involved in that and see where it takes you. Yeah. But it just, um, you know, uh, didn't you know. do some at, modeling? At some point, I did. I did yeah. do some modeling. I went to uh, Barbizon Modeling School, mm-hmm. and that that I did do a little modeling on the side, but that really didn't um, it didn't get me where I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. But I I see now that that really wasn't um, what I was called to do. I feel like even now um, that was the struggle I had growing up was trying to find out not necessarily what I'm good at, but what is my purpose? What drives Sue? What makes Sue want to go and chase after that dream? Yeah. That was, those were just stepping stones to make that dream happen. But it, is that what I want to do for the rest of my life? That was a plan I had, right. but I don't know if that was, you know, deep down within, because I, I will tell you this, when you do have a dream and when you know that that's what made me slightly jealous about ambitious people, mm-hmm. when you have a dream, and you know what you want to do, mm. and you go after it. I'm jealous of you because <laughs> oh. you know because no one can talk you out of it. No one, no no obstacle can be put in your way, mm-hmm. and people will go through all sorts of things, but they will keep their mind focused on that that Absolutely. dream. That, that yeah, wow. But you know, yeah. uh, like I think back on my situation, and you know, during my early years. I I was mm-hmm. I was into music and so uh, the story that I used to tell is that and it's it is true um mm-hmm. I wanted to have my or create my own record company I wanted to build my own record and company Yeah oh no 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 well I I oh. low key I have one but um I oh, okay. but that but that's mm-hmm. what I wanted to do and I wanted to change um, as I got older and I recognized or started paying attention to the music scene here in Austin. I wanted to help change it. You know, I had all these plans. Um, but also as I grew older and I and, and, and I say life got in the way, um, mm-hmm. there were different um, uh, there were different paths that were presented to me. Um, mm-hmm. like I never, I never thought that I would get into videography. I, that was not anything that was a dream of mine. That was something that I thought my sister wanted to do. And so mm-hmm. I wanted to help her. I wanted to support her in that, but in doing so I fell into it. And so for a period of time, you know, I had a videography business, you know, mm-hmm. I also, yeah. And it was, it was just kind of, it, it just kind of fell into place because, um, it was a ministry I was a part of for a short uh-huh. time. And a uh, long story short, I ended up, you know, doing a lot of videography work, learning first the, the skill, the right. craft, and then right. doing mm-hmm. it for them 
um, producing, um, like I would film their uh, their conferences, and then mm-hmm. um, I produced um, a teaching series for them, and then I ended up turning it into a business. Uh, but that was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but I say all that to say this. Um, so I dabbled in that, I, you know, course music and then other things. And now I have this podcast and it really. Oh, and then, of course, I, you know, I was in a band and, you know, I did some music, whatever. But um, it all is coming to closer to what I'm really supposed to do, which mm-hmm. is to um, provide a platform. And that platform could be and look in, you know, many different ways to many different people. But it's right. to help people. Uh, yeah, it's, it's to help people um, release their message. You know, and mm-hmm. it's connecting um, people and opportunities and, and audiences or whatever. And so me doing this podcast, now I see it's natural. Me doing the the videography work, now I see it's natural. Me doing the music. And yes, you know, I, I, I have a publishing company. I don't promote oh, it a lot, but it's only because right. all of these pieces are being formed and they're going to, they're, got, they're being put together, but I'm working each piece not, and this wasn't done on purpose. It's just the way right. it happened. I'm working each right. piece on its own and I'm learning each piece and they, they are coming wow. together to be a wow. company. That's beautiful. Yeah. You know, and, and even as I'm saying this, you know, because it's, it's like a progressive thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you know, we are, we're, I don't want to tell our age, but you know, we technically, (laughs) technically we are middle age, technically. Yeah. But I say that to say that it, for me personally, and you know, I'll go back and talk to people who knew me, when I was younger and they would say, Oh, you have always been, uh, you know, you know, very focused and driven and you've always known what you want, you know? And it's like, well, yeah, but you know, like you said, that, that may be, that may be just a small portion of our understanding at that moment. Yeah. You know, and yeah. And he molds us. God, I believe God molds us and shapes us and puts us in situations. And, and then he's showing us, okay, actually the, here's more of the purpose that I have for you. Right. You know, right. And I feel like I'm getting little pieces Mm -hmm. of it at a time Mm -hmm. and then some great big portions because, um, as I look and I see, you know, looking back on my life and all the challenges I had to, to be succumbed to and face and sometimes, you know, on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I always felt like um, people would come to me, you know, and ask me, you know, um, for advice or mm. people would sometimes like share information with me, information that you would not normally share with just, you know, a stranger. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was particularly strange because um, I'm like, what what is it about me that draws that kind of, energy you know my Mm. way so but um I don't know if that's you know my calling or if something else I really feel like um like I I don't necessarily want to be uh put in a position because to me that takes somebody with a great deal of patience Mm -hmm. you know to to be able to answer that sort of calling Mm -hmm. but since we're on the topic of calling I just feel like um I'm still searching you know I'm still searching. Well, but yeah. you know what? It's 
it could be something, and I don't want to say as simple as, but it mm-hmm. could be because sometimes, you know, our role, um, uh, and how can I say this? Sometimes, you know, the greatest role is the support, providing the s- support for other people in their journey. You mm-hmm. understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, uh, and, and that's not, that doesn't minimize you or your importance. In fact, it makes it even right. more important in some instances. And and it doesn't have to even be so formal. Like, honestly, um, like we, when we reconnected, you know, we would talk, but honestly, that was, you know, we, that was, uh, we were, um, we were doing the, uh, like text chatting, I guess you would say it was, uh, it was uh-huh, all written. Yeah. It wasn't, we mm-hmm. weren't verbally talking, you know? And right. so this is the right. first time in years That's that true. we have That's verbally true. talked. And I'm actually, I'm getting all these, these new revelations about you because, you know, we're mm-hmm. talking, you know, high school, Till mm-hmm. middle age and now, I mean, you know, yeah, and, right. and, and all of, uh, you know, just, um, hearing the transformation and listen, mm-hmm. uh, right. there is so much wisdom in you uh-huh. that, that oh. I, and, and no, and I'm being very serious. And so, uh-huh. you know, it, even, you know, I'm learning as I'm talking to you, you're imparting mm-hmm. into me, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And it may be mm-hmm. something just like that, you know, or, you know, you being an inspiration to other mothers who have children that have some challenges, you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? And it's Mm -hmm. because I I want to, you know, not only get your uh, suggestions or your um, uh, advice for, um, for walking in faith, but also maybe in dealing uh, with, you know, children and have, you know, certain needs you know right you know how do you um continue to um to to just uh keep moving forward you know and not even cause you to to fold you know I look at um well I, I look at it like this um my son has autism autism is a part of his makeup but mm-hmm. it's not necessarily who he is right and, and even a person with autism, any person with a disability, and it's hard to for some to see it, has a purpose. Mm-hmm. If you were born, you have a purpose. And um, and we think of a purpose to fulfill. We have a purpose. We have a purpose. I look at purpose like we're actual tools. Mm. And sometimes you need a tool for this job and sometimes you need a tool for this job. So the tool is not for every job. Mm. So the tool is going to fulfill the job that's assigned to it. Now, my son who has challenges and uh, I I mean, I I think he's beautiful, not because he's my son, Mm -hmm. but I think he he has a beautiful soul. He has a beautiful spirit. And I think um, many people would spend a lot of time focusing on the, the hindrance. Mm-hmm. And I say that because when I was pregnant with him, uh, the one thing I had, um, I had gestational diabetes. Mm-hmm. So I had to watch what I eat. And uh, even now I still have to watch what I eat. But I say that because the pregnancy, um, you might say, um, made, made me more susceptible to becoming a diabetic. Mm. So I was carrying a newborn. But I say all of that to say that um, 
when the doctor says, Sue, you can't eat this, or Sue, you can't eat that, or Sue, you can't eat that. And the funny thing is, even during my pregnancy, I felt like I was lacking some kind of mineral, like I needed mm. some kind of nourishment, and I just wasn't getting it mm-hmm. with the foods that I was eating. Um, and I knew, you know, of course, all the empty carbs and, you know, calorie-like food didn't have anything, nutrition, no nutritional value, but I still felt like I was lacking a certain kind of something during my pregnancy. Mm-hmm. I say all of that to say that if I... I, I turned that around. I said, Sue, well, you know what you can't eat. Why don't you just focus on the foods that you can eat? Mm. Put your mind on those foods. So I feel like sometimes we hear what we can't do a lot, and that'll stifle us, that'll mm-hmm. hold us back, because we're hearing constantly what we can't do. Turn that around and and, and focus on what you can do mm. and work around the can't do. Mm-hmm. So I just put all my focus. I'm like, okay, well, I can't eat a chicken Caesar salad. I, <laughs> I can't eat that while I'm pregnant. So I learned to do that. So I look at my son's disability, and he can't do certain things, and he can't. So throughout the day, sometimes if I just want to get him to do certain things, I have to sometimes do this sort of like, negotiation, mm-hmm. which after a while could be quite stressful. Mm-hmm. So I try not to stress too hard about it, but I try to get him, you know, try to figure out ways to win him. At the same time, I have to understand he's a growing boy. Yeah. And like any other typical growing boy, they have needs, they have wants. So don't smother that. Mm. Let him be himself. But at the same time, I still have to shape him. I still have to mold him. I still have to motivate him to go in the right direction. How do you do that with somebody with autism, who's oftentimes very short-sighted, don't see the end picture, don't understand that point A helps you to go to point B, helps you to go to point C? How do you train someone like that who don't see those those pieces of the puzzles and how they connect and the importance Mm. of getting those pieces to connect? So, it, yeah, so I myself need training. At the same time, I still have to be able to work with this individual, and mm-hmm. I still have to motivate myself. He needs to learn to read. He still needs the basics, even the, just the very basics, if he's going to get through this life. Yeah. He needs to understand what to say, what to do, should he ever be confronted with, um, you know, officials in authority, mm-hmm. you know, how to react to certain situations. All the while, in the back of my mind, I hear stuff on the news, this person was shot because they didn't mm. respond in time or they didn't act the right way. Mm-hmm. So as a parent, you know, when you got a son with a disability, that's very concerning yeah. because so, so, so it puts you into that survival mode. Um, the question I have is Lord God, you know, this is where faith come in because I look at God and I was like, God, will my son ever thrive? Mm. And then I hear, I see other, other parts of it, stuff that you don't hear about on the news how a man became a professor, a man with autism mm-hmm. became a professor. And I was like, wait a minute, <sighs> this man ha- has autism. Mm-hmm. But, you know, without really understanding the different spectrums, right. there's a spectrum, autism is a spectrum. If you don't know those different spectrums, your child is born. Um, you don't know what challenges they will or won't face. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, if those supporting factors aren't in the right places, then... You know, if the support is there, your son with autism has the advantage of possibly becoming a professor mm. at a you know, university. Yes. But without the right pieces of the type of support that your child needs, then your child would just be someone who might get one of those assembly rudimentary jobs that, 
you know, people don't really thrive for, but they have folks working in those factories and doing those types of tasks where mm-hmm. it's just an assembly line. And and not to say, not to downplay that and say that any less important, but how would that person really thrive? Because I think for me, the biggest fear is, um, you know, my son possibly driving mm. and maybe he has a seizure. Will someone know what to do? Uh, I've seen scenarios of that. You know, people thinking someone's acting funny and not really understanding their medical costs. Mm-hmm. Um, would he be surrounded by the right people? You know, so I had to, uh, you know, talk to my daughter about that because, um, you know, because I want them to be able to look out for each other. And she said, yeah, mom, I will be there for him. And I was like, thank God. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing that they'll be able to, you know, make it. Um, and then to... Excuse me. I said, does that mean now that I have to put all the dreams that I once had or 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 now uh, uh, some of the dreams that I have now planted, do I have to put those aside? Of course not. Right. I don't see why you have to ever, really. Um, but that doesn't mean that, um, you know, I'm going to stop being concerned because I'm their mom. I'm all, your parents always, you could be 102. Mm-hmm. If your parents are still alive, they're still going to be mm-hmm. concerned about you. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, um, that's just you know uh, who I, I am now. My mom, <laughs> my you know I you know I I I man, certain people, my certain people in my family are gonna hear this, but um, I could tell that she's still she's still concerned about me, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm you know middle age, but you know she'll do things, and I'm like, listen, right. I'm almost such as years old, I yeah. got this, you know. <laughs> And yeah. and I'm I am probably I am pretty independent. So for her right. to you know, but then again, I'm her firstborn, and yeah, and you yeah. always, yeah. yeah, yeah, always. <laughs> my mom, my mom calls me religiously too. She mm. calls me religiously. Yeah. So that's why I say I thank God because um, it isn't to say that my other relatives aren't concerned about me. I'm sure mm-hmm. they're concerned about me in their own way. And, and, and that's mutual, you yeah, know, because yeah. I think about them and they think about me. But what I am saying is when I say call, my mom calls me like every other day, every day. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, does this woman read a book or read a book? But you know what? I, I, look, I used to like uh, grit mm-hmm. my teeth, but my sister said to me, and she said, you should be grateful. And I was like, you know what? I am grateful. Yeah. I am grateful. And yeah. now I look back, I'm even more so grateful now. Yeah. Not just because she's still alive. But because she's calling on me and she's concerned about mm, food. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, you get in your place and it's like, it's not that I don't think, um, you know, if something happened to me that no one will be concerned because I play a major role. Even in this home, I play a major role. Yes. But the concern that I have is, um, you know, um, the, you know, I think about my welfare. Yeah. And right now, you know, um, you know, we're, we're, we're dealing with issues, you know, with, um, you know, still concerns and uh, for our health yes. and uh, the welfare and safety of our family. So in ensuring that, God forbid, should anything happen, children would be in the best of hands and in the best care. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, those all the factors that go through once my and knowing what to do. And yeah. that's the other thing, you know, always having a preparation plan yeah. because the what ifs do happen, you know, and um, just. And I don't look at it in a dismal way anymore. Mm-hmm. I used to look at it in a dismal like light. Oh, you know, <laughs> I, I, God is good. Yes. He's good all the time. Yes. 
Yeah. I should have ended that part. Like, you know, when you said that, I should have said, he's good all the time or whatever the, you know, but I, I, <laughs> I you know, I only know that because, because I honestly, I say, well, we didn't really grow up in church, but we did go to church um, mm-hmm. when I was younger, when I was a child. Um, but it wasn't, we didn't go all the time. Um, uh, yeah. So, you know, a lot of these things that people talk about, you know, going to church, you, you know, God is good. He's good all the time. You know, I only know that because right. I hear other people say, <laughs> but, right. um, you know, I didn't really get into church until my adult mm-hmm. age. But, you know, that is a topic for another time. Sure. Uh, yeah. I want to thank you. Thank you for uh, sharing um, your um, just your your innermost thoughts about faith and, and purpose and, and allowing that faith to fuel the purpose. You know, even if right. you're kind of iffy, you know, God gives you an inkling. You know, it may not be yeah. like crystal clear, but he gives you an inkling. And, you know, you just so eloquently um, discussed that. And even, you I, know, I I no, you did. And then even okay. your, um, you know, uh, you, you just your unsuredness, but still sure that God um, has a plan for you. You know, oh, he was with me every step of yes. the way. I mean, there's no way I can look back. And not realize that God was with me mm. every step of the way. Yeah. And I can think of some scenarios where God was with me every step of the way. And I, I thank God because, it, um, you know, it's it's normal to want to shun the bad parts of one's life and say, mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about that. Let's just say that. <laughs> That's normal. Yeah. But but even then, you know, the, I, I look at the hardships and the, the bad mistakes and the errors. And, you know, that's what composed um, of Sue's life. Yeah. That's what makes Sue Sue, but it, I think that's what makes me original. And I, yes. can, you know, I can say no one's been through what I've been through, but that doesn't necessarily make me proud. It just makes me another human being, mm. and I, I hope I've done well. And you know, and I think our goal and focus even now should be, you know, am I doing enough to please God? Mm. Like I said, there's nothing you can do in this flesh to, to ever please God. Yes. So the, the best thing you can do is understand that He loves you. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember talking to my daughter about how God is a jealous God. <laughs> He's not jealous for any particular reason. Jealousy implies relationship. Mm. Jelly implies love. He doesn't want you to have a relationship with anyone else or anything else. He wants you to have a relationship with him. Mm. So that's why I thank God, you know, for being the type of God. He sees us as a friend. We can say he sees we are his creation. Mm-hmm. We We could definitely say that. But he wants to have a relationship with us. He wants to get to know, I mean, not get to know us. He already knows us, but right. he wants us to get to know him. Mm. And that, that should be, out of all the things we strive for and work hard for, we should be trying to get to know him better. Absolutely. Well, that's a great yeah. way to end it <laughs> in that conversation. <laughs> you know, I man, I do appreciate the time that you've given us today. And Sue, um, you definitely, like I said, you, you have... Uh, this great well of wisdom and knowledge. And I want you to come back on the show and I want you to come back pretty okay. soon. I, I'll talk about it after okay. we, after we <laughs> sign off, but how I normally end the conversation is, okay, I'm hungry. I'm going to go get something to eat. And you know what? It's, it was true yesterday when I did a recording. It's <laughs> right, been right, true every right. single time. And it is true today. I have not eaten yet. I don't understand what's okay, going on. Go eat, yeah. Go I'm going to go eat, but what are you going to do? Cause I'm going to eat. What you going to do? 
Um, I'm thinking about going to go get something to eat myself. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you again for this conversation. And um, we're going to talk real soon. Okay, Sue? Okay. All right. All right. Stay blessed. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. This week in Black Renaissance, I would like to introduce you to brother and sister team Toby Igbuna and Dumembi Igbuna. They are the founders of Cheatsy, and Cheatsy is an online uh, platform that provides uh, rankings for companies in the areas of diversity and inclusion. So think of it as a glass door for um, Blacks. And I don't know if they are doing the black and brown thing. I don't know. But it is definitely a uh, glass door for those in the black community. And it's to help them find businesses that are more accepting and more forward thinking and more um, more purposeful uh, with regards to inclusion and diversity. I want to read um, just a few uh, quotes that they that they have provided about their company and says, we believe that the best way to help minorities find companies they love is to give them the resources that they need to make more informed career decisions. Staying true to our mission, we provide a platform for for diverse students and professionals to connect with inclusive employers. So, you know, this is a game changer because a lot of times you know, many of us want to work at those companies um, and they may offer everything, but then, um, you know, they're lacking in the uh, diversity department. And so this helps narrow down um, or weed out those companies that are not really inclusive and it highlights those that are. And another thing that it, it does, and I don't know if this was their intent, but it also uh sets a metric for those companies that struggle with diversity and inclusion to um, to step their game up, right? And to measure themselves against other companies that are doing a better job. So I want to thank uh, this uh, brother and sister team. They are definitely forward thinkers. They're definitely um, uh, thinking about us and working to help us um be in spaces if we so choose um where the um you know the money may be a little better and you know our skill set you know we want to work in those spaces but then we you know having to deal with the microaggressions and the and the discrimination i mean it's just a it's a headache so they help us to to navigate around that so thank you so much to uh toby and numembe Igbuna. <laughs> um, and again, listen, um, you know, these things, you, you know, it's not always about starting our own businesses. It's also um, demanding that um, our voices and our our voices be heard and our faces be seen in some of these mixed spaces. So um, I thank them again. And this has been a moment in Black Renaissance. This conversation, uh, all of my conversations with my guests and friends have been very special, but this conversation really does touch my heart. And it's probably one of 
the very few conversations that is what I really want this space to be about. It's not always, I, I mean, we you, definitely there, there are issues and, and social issues that we're dealing with in the communities. And we definitely want to discuss those. And we want to, if we win and where we can offer solutions, you know, and resources. Um, we also want to, um, you know, shine a light on, on our black businesses and help encourage our black businesses. Right. And, you know, encourage higher education. We want to do all those things, but you know, it's the basic things. And, you know, we look at something as, uh, you know, as, you know, small, but it's not really as faith. Right. And you would think that that wouldn't be worthy of a conversation, but I'm telling you for me, she, her conversation, my conversation with Sue is ranked at the top. I enjoyed um, hearing the stories of you just heard thoughts and um, just some of the things that she had to deal with with regards to her mother and her mother's mental uh, illness and just how and she may or may not have realized that, but how she had been prepared you know, through that experience to deal with her own children's, um, special circumstances. There are people that would have walked away or they would have, uh, you know, passed on their responsibilities or they wouldn't have, or they would have stopped, um, having faith for more for their kids with special needs they just as long as they can just function right but here's a woman who says you know why you know if there are other people that have been diagnosed with this um you know with this uh illness and they have have uh gone on to do greater things things that people said may have said that they could never do and reached um, heights that people may have said they'll never be able to reach. She says, why not my son? Why not my children? And I, you know, that's to me, that's the greatest thing. And what even her position as a mother and as a, um, you know, as a homeschool uh, teacher, you know, she's doing the greatest job. She is molding young minds and how can you not represent that to the fullest? It's, you know, I'm just, I've listened to our conversation. I've listened back to our conversation multiple times. And each time I'm, it's like I've, I'm listening to it for the first time. So I hope you guys also, um, uh, come away inspired from this conversation and that you can, um, find, um, or identify different um, strengths and 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 tools that you can apply in your own situation in your own families, because um, you know we need all the help we can get. We need all the support we can get, and you know no no one has it all together. Your challenge may not be that, but it might be something else. And you, with all of it, we need faith to get through it. We need faith to um, to believe that tomorrow is will be better than today you know that there is a reason for tomorrow 
you know, it that's that requires faith. So again, I'm gonna stop there um, because I I could go on and on and on and on. But I I want to thank Sue Watson Carnavale for giving us an hour plus of her time. Um, I want to also encourage you guys to if you haven't already to subscribe to the podcast we're on almost every major platform and you know podcasting is becoming a very um a very popular um um medium and so more platforms are popping up and we are jumping on as many platforms as we can so but we definitely are on the the more um um, the ones that you that are more knowledgeable or, or that are more uh, visible. So that would be Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, iHeart, um, I know Pandora, uh, um, Castbox. Um, oh man, there are just so many. Um, but we're gonna get on as many of them as we can. So listen, again, if you haven't subscribed, make sure you subscribe. Make sure that you tell tell a friend and you share this episode uh, with a friend. Make sure that um, you check out our website. If you um, if you have a desire to help us um, financially, uh, we still have some things that we need to um, outfit the studio with. Uh, that will be great. We love all forms of uh, financial assistance so that would be awesome and we also are um wanting to build a budget so that we can start to um build a team that can take on some of the load and you know just to, to be quite frankly to hire um professionals that or better equipped to do some of the things that I've been doing by myself. <laughs> so, and I believe in allowing people to, um, to, um, you know, to do, uh, to work, um, uh, in the areas that they feel called to, to, um, to assist in. So, you know, we can only do that with your help. So whatever you feel led to do, that will be most appreciative. We're still working on our new website. <laughs> it's taking a little time, but we will get there. Um, make sure that um, if you would like to connect with us outside of the, the podcast, make sure that you reach out to us um, via Facebook and Instagram, Natural Soul Conversations or in soul conversations that gets you to the same spot. Make sure that if you have a topic that you would like for us to discuss, or you you have questions about this conversation or any past conversations, or you just want to say hi, make sure that you reach out to us via email at in soul conversations at gmail.com. That's in S O U L conversations at gmail.com. Again, we thank you for all the support that you give us. And listen, until the next time we meet, keep the conversations going.